two social workers on a mission to change the narrative. Elenio Babies podcast seeks to empower others in making changes to maintain their physical, emotional, and mental health. This podcast is about becoming the best version of ourselves. I hope you feel inspired. Join Bria Spencer and Fadia Jean-Pierre bi-weekly as they initiate conversations about mental health, fitness, and travel. Share this with someone who needs it. Follow us on Instagram at millennial underscore babes underscore podcast. And let's continue the conversation. In this episode, we wanted nothing but laughter. With everything happening in the world, we can easily fall into discomfort. The world is filled with joy, happiness. Within seconds, we can lose it all. Marie Claude was birthed during the pandemic by artist and comedic Stephen Baboon. To end mental health awareness, Stephen shares the importance of laughter and connecting with our community to bring us hope and take care of ourselves. Have you ever wanted to start your day with a fresh drink or healthy breakfast that jumpstarts your day and leaving your body, mind, and soul rejuvenated? Check out Clean Juice, a USDA-certified organic juice bar franchise that offers cold-pressed juices, smoothies, salads, and so much more. I've tried their Healthy One smoothie and green juice cleanse. So delicious and felt amazing in no time. Hello everyone and welcome back for another episode of the Millennial Babes podcast. As you all know, I am Bria and I'm Fadia and we are joined today with the infamously known Stephen Baboon known as Marie Claude as well. So he will be sharing with us the importance of laughter while bringing awareness to mental health. So if you feel you need a bit of positivity or laughter with a loved one, friends, or your community is all that you need. But other than that, my club does just that with our Haitian community. And in addition, thank you. Yes. In addition, I know we have not been recording for a while, but like you can see, we were taking care of our mental health. So it was really, we were honored to have you on to kind of help us end the month of May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. And it's like, why not talk about laughter and the positive that it brings? So let's, you know, how are you feeling today? How are you guys doing? Good. Well, it's an honor to be here sitting with y'all. And I think this is a conversation that's important, especially in the Haitian community where Mental health is not something that's usually talked about. And when it is, it's like when we become adults, we have to face, oh my gosh, all these traumas and we can never really talk about it, at least from my experience growing up. So when I see Haitians in the space of mental health, I think it is God's work. It's so important. So I feel refreshed and honored and happy to be with you all. So thank you for having me. Thank you for saying that. I think this is usually, like you said, like we were not allowed to talk about it in our, especially in the Haitian community, right? That's not, yeah. not saying we're not allowed to talk about it. It's just, I don't think we had the language to be able to navigate yeah. these type of conversation in the Haitian community growing up, especially coming from, you know, born and raised in Haiti yeah. and coming yeah. here and learning about mental health. Mm-hmm. So I think like you hit that on the nail. Yeah, and just yeah. even piggyback about what both of you had shared too, just in the Haitian community, or even if you're just from the islands, right? Yeah, it can be seen as oh, it's a secret. You just don't talk about those things. Mm-hmm. Whatever yeah. is going on, you keep it to yourself. You keep it within the home, and then you internalize yeah. it. 
but that impacts how you show up as an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A 110%. And yeah, it's like, yes, you're right. We could talk about it, but it was so easily dismissed. You know, it's like, I can vividly remember as a child, I used to feel sad or I was a very, I still, I struggle with depression, anxiety. And it's something I had to radically accept for myself. Like, bagaysa, like that, these feelings, it's not gonna disappear like a headache or like a flu. It's something you have to live without. So I vividly remember telling, oh, my parents won't listen to this, but they're cool now. They're very <laughs> open-minded now, which is great. But I remember, you know, my dad used to say, hey, man, go do like go run or go play soccer or my mom used to say ah what are you sad about you have a roof over your head you're healthy like nothing to be sad about even though it, it was good attention you know but still it it was so dismissive it's like damn so what I'm feeling is not valid in a way exactly and um, oh my god I can this is exactly what we experienced right but mm-hmm. I also goes back to them the way they were up they were they were the way they were raised right because they're telling us the same thing their parents probably told them Mm -hmm. they're basically going back to our ancestors yeah telling us like go run go do this you have all this energy because to them we didn't know what depression was we didn't know what anxiety was none of that because it's taboo in our culture um once you hear mental health it was like you're crazy (laughs) it's always the ufu Mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah that's exact i think we were raised by the same mothers <laughs> and fathers it's yes and i'm so happy yeah. like we're bringing you know the awareness to something like that which is mental health in english and mm-hmm. you know, traveling to haiti and talking about it and training you know in the haitian community um with my agency you know global trauma research we're bringing more awareness and i know i'm amazing happy to have a conversation with our with no with my parents i mean my family definitely yeah so, that's amazing and yeah and i think our work like you bringing this issue of mental health to the haitian community i think the work we're doing is definitely also i see a change in my parents like i do see a change in like okay like they're finally realizing maybe they also have mental health issues they need to confront right because their kids like me and my brother we are very open about feeling anxious or feeling sad or feeling this feeling that so they're like okay if both of my kids are expressing this, maybe it's valid, you know? So I think the work we're doing will slowly resonate with the older generation, but. Yeah. 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 Wow, I I appreciate that. And, you know, that's why we wanted you to join our podcast because we admire like the way you were bringing the Haitian community together and being an advocate for, you know, Santa Montal and, you know, just you know for anybody that's hearing me using the word something mental is mean mental health you know mental health in english but that's why we wanted like oh my god like it's laughter we already have yeah. we already have some of those active coping skills how do we kind of bring the community together and say we're not teaching you anything new we're taking what you already have and showing you how you can use it mm. to and what you know to strengthen your you know mm. have polishing them so that you can take care of yourself your yeah. mental health because when they say like you said go run soccer that's physically taking care of ourselves physically right but what about our yeah. what about yeah, our mental mentally. health that's what they that, <laughs> right we tend to yeah. that that's like the most important thing because if our mind is not working our brain's not working your body's not gonna how am I gonna go outside and play soccer? Yeah 
yeah yo it's so true no that's a very good point that's so funny yeah no that that's true and I think I think sometimes I put my myself into my parents shoes or like older Haitian shoes and I definitely understand like we are a traumatized people we come from a traumatized society where all these horrible you know, I love Haiti to death and I always, I'm always will defend my country, but we have to face the reality that it's a destabilized country due to, you know, colonialism and Western intervention and all these things that come to play. But we are a traumatized people. So if, and I, I'm saying like, especially for people who live in Haiti, there is no time for mental health because it's either political corruption or okay, living paycheck to paycheck, you know, like feeding my family. That is my immediate reaction so where is the time for Haitians to sit down at night and think about how am I feeling there's no time for that because all the trauma we're absorbing all the reality of our country like we are privileged here in America I always say to say I'm depressed or I'm anxious or to see a therapist that's a huge privilege that you know unfortunately in Haiti it's a little scars because of just the climate, the social political climate as well, you know, so people's brains are wired differently. And I can't blame them, you know, I can't blame my parents or people who are over there that don't value mental health the way we do, because there's no space in life for that, you know, so it's an interesting conversation. Honestly. And it's also, it's because they're also in a constant state of survival. Voila, yep. Survival and fear. So that just automatically messes with your mind state. To be in that constant state 24-7 from sunup to sundown, mm. like you said, there is no time. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you, you're raised in it. And then, oh, you know, our parents were lucky enough they were able to immigrate to the United States. But then they still have those traumas that they've carried mm-hmm. on and then it subconsciously is brought on to how they raise their kids their kids yeah, yeah. And, and then now we're in a space where we've gone through the school system we've learned what mental health is and we're just like wait a minute yeah it's like <laughs> yeah and I was scared when I moved to the U.S. for college because all of a sudden I'm confronting all these these feelings I've never felt before or these traumas in my childhood, you know, even growing up gay and queer in Haiti, you know, all these you know, being bullied, being this, being that, like they crept up on me when I left Haiti. And I'm like, oh, and that gave me anxiety, self body issues and all of that. And I'm like, wow, like I need to take care of myself the way I take care of my body or whatever. So it's interesting for Haitian kids, you know, for our experience, you know, it's really, really interesting. So but I was like yeah. that up, like, you know, how does it feel to represent the queer community culture as you're saying, like, you know, that was hard for you, you know, being yeah. who you are, you know, in Haiti until you can yeah. recognizing all these things happening. Yeah, so you know, growing up, I never had somebody to go to to talk about my sexual and gender identity. So I never had a role model per se growing up. So, and I'm, ladies, like literally, I get floods of messages and emails of the younger gay Haitian population texting me, asking me for advice or 
telling me their experience like mama you about yo or like they're being disowned and all that so i'm like i can't stand there and just not you know not i guess be an advocate or speak up about these because i tell myself i want to be the person i never had as a kid so i want to you know i'm not a superhero i'm not claiming to be an activist or any anything like that but if a kid can see themselves in my art and myself and my comedy and find comfort in that that's important we don't have enough haitian queer representation in media so if us as queer haitians who have platforms can be proud of who we are kids will see that and that's going to foster a kinder and more accepting younger generation that's what i think so chill as you were saying that like you know cuz i know right coming growing up from haiti like not having certain representation and feeling mm. like your voice has to stay within and you have like this yearning inside of you that says i want to be who i am but i have to restrain myself because my family or whoever it is does not understand and because mm -hmm. of like, the stigma of mental health and or the way we were accustomed to right mm -hmm. it's not the norm and so it keeps you inside it's almost like it felt like you were suffocating yeah you were suffocating exactly exactly you said it, that word you said it perfectly i use that word a lot it's like definitely suffocating and when i left haiti i felt like somebody took their hands off my neck oh and my i could like you know that's how i see it i'm like and i became clear minded i'm like okay this is this is a lot like you know you know i i don't want it to sound to sound negative and all you of know, that but not. we're talking about the subject but it's like it's a real feeling a lot of us feel you know like it's just like, it makes me want to be emotional because it's mental health right yeah. that's what yeah. we're dealing with we're all and it's still something that's happening it's not just within the Haitian community it's mm -hmm. as well yeah. too that are still impacting and i know that i have some family members who i who are identified and i remember when they finally told me that they were you know gay they felt like I was going to judge them. And I accept them yeah. for who they are. Because for me, I'm like, okay. I was yeah. like, all right, so you're gay. So, all right, so yeah. let's get back to our normal program. Yeah, let's, <laughs> seriously. Like, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was like, I'm happy you came out. But if you were expecting me to judge you or to reject you, that's not what's going to happen. I welcomed it. Good. But what I noticed, the challenge was when it came to to the adult to say like okay i know you're accepting me but what about my mom what about yeah. my parents it was the difficulty the challenges and then when they finally reveal who they are and the response to that it was heartbroken that's why this platform for me is important mm -hmm. to say okay i get it it's it's all custom it's what we're yeah. not used to but we have to look at the person for who they are and not how mm -hmm. they identify only because because i'm like you you gotta hold on to that love that care yeah. that you have for them yeah. so I think like it speaks value for a lot of individuals like you that are in this in this space and it makes me emotional because I'm like we should not be still yeah. here we should yeah further along but but it's hard because it's so deep-rooted while wow. indoctrinated uh, even that, right and the, the beliefs and then now if you want to go this route but if you pull in faith that's a whole oh, oh. And, and faith is usually always pulled into that conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to go there today. No, no, no. Yeah, that's another part. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole. Yeah, it's true. But then it's like, like, like she shared, like when you've had family members who've been 
strong enough and had the courage enough to disclose, okay, this is how I identify. Mm -hmm. Okay, I accept you. I love you for who you are. And sometimes I've had to find myself to have teaching moments, even with mm. people who say certain things and be like, listen, it's not mm. that. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. people say certain things it's because mm -hmm. that's what was indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. Let's try to use this as a teaching moment and I'll advocate for them like, no, mm -hmm. like they're fine. There's no yeah. That's Yeah, that's true. And you know, y'all, I've seen, I've seen the impacts of when you embrace a child for who they are, you know, like I do a lot of work with the youth in Haiti, you know, art, all of that. And I see when you, when you tell somebody, I see you and I value who you are, whether you're Haitian and Muslim, Haitian and voodoo, Haitian or Catholic, Haitian, gay, lesbian, trans, intersect, it doesn't matter. How beautiful is it that we can be a country with so much religious and sexual and gender diversity and when you foster that in kids especially and you foster that in the community we need all perspectives and point of views to, to grow and rise together so when you embrace all these differences that these kids were thought that were not good mm -hmm. you know it unlocks so much potential so much happiness so much strength in the kids so I don't know, firsthand, I've seen the powers of radically accepting a kid for who they are, and it's beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. So for you, how do you navigate your most, like being your most authentic self while also trying to balance like the values and custom of the Haitian culture? Yeah. Well, you know, I say they're kids. I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but I don't care. There is no Haitian culture without homosexuality, without queerness. Because look at the voodoo religion. The voodoo religion celebrates queer folks. You know, when we talk about the lois, we're talking about how these spirits embody different genders, one gender, two gender, multiple genders. Or like how gay folks are seen in the voodoo community as being able to communicate or different laws, whether that could be a male law or a female law. So, and even in, I'm not even gonna say voodoo only, before, um, before um, folks from Benin were forced and brought to Haiti yeah. during colonialism, we had the indigenous people who had 60 plus genders who, who recognized a hundred, I mean, I'm exaggerating, I don't know the exact number, but thousands of different sexualities and gender expression. Like this, this idea has been, this idea of queerness and LGBTQ has been so colonialized and so um, weaponized that like we forget that indigenous societies, we were always there. Look at um, Woman La Profetess, who was a transgender fluid revolutionist in the Haitian, um, in the Haitian Revolution. She had she she was born a man biologically, but started identifying as a woman. She was so revered in the community. She fought for people. She negotiated with the colonizers. She had crops and plantations. She brought people in. She was fighting. So you know these, there we, it's there's no homosexuality queerness it doesn't pollute Haitian tradition and Haitian culture it's it's always been part of it and I wish people could come outside of themselves and look at the facts you know so and recently sorry y'all I'm babbling shut me up anytime I love this yeah. conversation <laughs> okay. but but recently we had 
I think the first ever trans Haitian speak at, at a conference in Haiti for Women's Day. Wow. She's a trans woman. She was celebrated. She wasn't, there was no violence. It was a beautiful moment. And when she told me that, she was saying so casually, like, yeah, I spoke there. But she, she made history. Like, we don't talk about these things. So it's like, I didn't even know, I didn't I didn't even know, know about that. That's definitely something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not going to report on it because it's a trans black Haitian woman, you know, or whatever. So, which is a shame, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank you for sharing all of that because I'm, as you're talking, I'm also like you're, I'm, I'm, it's I'm a learning. terrible moment yeah. too for us because yeah. I'm, you know, the goal for me is to stay connected to the Haitian community to kind of know what's going on because yeah. I'm, I'm, as a therapist, you know, I work for an organization where we continue to do work in Haiti and raise mental health awareness. So all these things are, you know, are part of the work that we do. So I definitely appreciate Amazing. sharing that. So with everything you shared today, like, you know, the mental health, talk about, you know, how it's impacted, you know, our community and also the LGBTQ, how they're being impacted. So during the pandemic, I remember when I first fell on your page or Instagram, it was through laughter. And I was just like, oh, okay, this guy is funny. And then when I found out you were Haitian, I was like, and he's Haitian too. So tell me a little bit about like what inspired you to during the pandemic to kind of like use laughter to raise mental health awareness and you also yeah. created your character Mary Claude. Yeah. So I think comedy is something that needs to be written about in the Haitian community. I think we we use comedy as a mode of survival. Mm-hmm. You know, we I always say this Haitians can be on a funeral and they're gonna crack a joke. Like literally we joke about from the most serious things, which is crazy, to the most smallest thing, right? That's how we are as a society, as a people. That what's make, that's what makes us dynamic, and that's our joie de vivre, right? That's like how we navigate through life, is through laughter and company and community. So I used to do these small videos when Snapchat started becoming a thing in 2014. Like I used to imitate my mom, my tatis, you know, and I would just to send it to my friends and they would laugh. Ha ha. Like we were just having fun. And, you know, I kept making these videos in secret, like as I got inspired and my friends would be like, you should post it. But I'm like, no, you know, comedy is some, this is not my field. This is not what I wanted to do at the time, whatever. And during the pandemic, I felt deep into I think the darkest depression or the darkest moments of my life, as a lot of people, a lot of people fell into that or developed these mental health issues during the pandemic, as you know. So the only, y'all, the only thing I wanted at that moment, think about the first time lockdown happened in March, 2020, the scariest point of the pandemic. You don't know what was going on. All I wanted to do was be home. Be home, be at home with my mom, my dad, my cousins, my friends. I just wanted to be in Haiti, but you couldn't. And so I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I'm here alone. Everybody's in their homes. Let me put out a video. Let me just start a TikTok, put out a video. And I did. And I saw the numbers rising in real time. I'm like, holy crap. And I did an Instagram and I'm like, I felt embraced. I felt like I was sitting at a dinner table with my community. We were laughing together, cracking jokes. Like, I'm not afraid to make fun of myself. And I don't care if people make fun of me, as long as we can all laugh and be respectful. Like, and I saw the impact, you know, from, from people texting me saying, 
you know, during the pandemic, I'm in my hospital bed, I'm having this huge surgery, but they're not letting my loved ones in. You were my friend. You, through my phone, you were making me laugh. You were keeping me company. Our kids saying, I was away from my mom. I couldn't see my mom, but your videos reminded me of her. Thank you for that. So these small things, it's like, wow, like comedy does have the power to bring us together, even if it's not physical. And so I saw the impact of that and it bettered my mental health. Like doing these videos and seeing, and just having this rush of positivity on your timeline, you know, that also helped me. So my audience helped me and I helped them in a way. So it was a mutual dance, which I loved. I love and so that's how my crew was created through depression, believe it or not. And what I'm happy insane. Yeah, I'm happy you yeah. found that because you said that to fall into that darkness, like if you fall into that darkness and you stay there, you don't come out, you, you're stuck. So I'm happy that yeah. you find that to bring you out of it and also helping Thank you know, you. others yeah. too. And it's yeah. just, I remember, I think she started sending me the videos and then I would just, I would watch one and then I'm watching like 10. And oh, I'm thank you so much. And like you said, for me, it brought me back to like my childhood, like seeing my mom and being around her sisters and just like how they mm -hmm. interact with each other. It just felt like. It gives you that hope, yeah. Really. Yes. And Aww, thank you. Laugh and like, they just thank you for that because it does. It helps yeah. so much, yeah. and it's just like you want to hold on to those those sentiments and those moments as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for saying that, and I'm happy you said that because that was my whole thing. I want people, you know, I want people. Us, look at us. Like we're we're in the diaspora. So it's like we never want to lose these memories. And as you get older, you unfortunately will lose them. So having these moments where you can be like, oh my God, this is how my aunt is. Or I remember as a kid, this is how it was. So it's like, yeah, it feels good. It feels good. Yeah, because I know for yeah. me, every time I look, I watch like your videos, I could I could be out, I'm like, Fadia, stop, put the phone away. <laughs> I can get lost into it. And you know, Thank I'm you. from, you know, I was born in Port-au-Prince, but I was, I'm always spending my time in Jacmel. And so yeah. I I remember like the stories, the quick, you know, quick clap, you know, Cuck, yeah. just like laughing and laughing. It just took me back to like those memories that I was having with my family. And I'm like, oh my God, I miss that. And how can we yeah. do that? So I can say like your comedic character, Marie Claude, was just, it was just one to like literally watch. And so tell Thank me so much. the importance of laughter for you, like, you know, how because i because you said like it's helping you and helping others so you shared like you had depression so how is it like where do you find yourself now like how do you feel like as you build a character for yourself yeah well you know when i started my quote in 2020 i was like oh my god maybe maybe this crazy character cured my darkness my depression but i had to you know with the help of my therapist and you know I had to realize, I had to radically accept that I will always live with these thoughts. I will always live with depression. I will always live, like not to say that I can never be cured or not to be pessimistic, but I had to sit down and be like, Stephen, like you're always going to suffer from anxiety, depression. It might be not the same magnitude or the same in intensity all the time, but it's something that I have to grapple with my whole life. So once I started radically accepting that part of me, I started feeling like I can conquer it. Like I have control over that. Mm 
-hmm. Like, you know, like before the depression, the anxiety, it was consuming every aspect of my life, y'all. Like some day can't even get out of bed. Like not to sound like a cliche depressed person, but literally could not get out of bed. Answering an email was exhausting. Like even picking up the phone, I came to a point where all of that and, you know, self-medicating, whether that's from cannabis or alcohol and falling into these deep, horrible habits. But once I started radically accepting that, I'm like, okay, it's okay. I could be this positive person, but I can also struggle from depression. It's okay. You can be the duality. You can be two things. So when I realized that, I'm like, I I started feeling more in control and therapy helped. And I'm not going to say that I did it by myself without my therapist, without accepting that mental health is okay. Like, thank you for the work y'all are doing because I can't, I always tell my therapist that like, how do you sit down and process everybody's emotion? But what about you? Like, so I wanted to ask you, like, how do y'all do it? Right? Intake and intake and intake. Yeah. How do you release that for yourself? That's so important, you know, and I thank you for well, even, even asking exactly. us that. Yeah. You know, we do, we always show up for others. And naturally, you know, as therapists, we that's we give and we can be empathetic and to be able to hold space for others. Yeah. For me, I also have to recognize when I need to have space for myself. Mm. I, I therapy. I have my own therapist and I say everything. Mm their own therapist yes yeah that's just you know um to be able to not only process like whatever I'm going through my personal life but if I'm getting triggered by clients Mm -hmm. because there's something in them that I probably need to go back Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. work on some more or heal Mm -hmm. so therapy is one thing for me working out you know Mm. fitness my physical health eating right and meditating meditating and prayer Mm. a huge part of my life and I would say that picked up even more during the pandemic Mm. Um, because right at the beginning of the pandemic my father passed away I'm sorry yeah and to not have it's the pandemic and you know how Haitians are when they do a funeral is big everyone comes from everywhere but this was the first time that I couldn't go to Florida and yeah. have family from all yeah. the states. So that was a lot to hold on to. Yeah. So leaning on, I really leaned on my faith during that time yeah. and starting meditating, practicing, and exercise. Um, and then, of course, my Claude helped me too. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, thank you for sharing and thank you for saying that. Um, that's really important. And I always think about, I don't know about you, Fadia, I don't know how you cope. But I always think about y'all. I'm like, you know, I'm saying all of this to my therapist, like these depressing things. She's probably having a bad day. You know, <laughs> y'all are super humans. Like, I really think you guys, yeah, y'all are saved my life. Therapy did. So I don't know for you, Fadia, how do you do yeah, it? Yeah, well, I definitely appreciate you asking that. And I think that's something <sighs> that now a lot of people ask us. And I've built a community also with my clients where they're also checking on me sometimes. They're like, Fadia. Oh, that's oh, nice. Like you said, like, we're coming here. We're pouring into you. And, you know, the fact that they're like, what about you? Are you okay? Because you're listening to my problem all the time. But, like, I know you have your own problems. Yeah. Sometimes they can pick up on things yes. with me. If I'm not fully present, they're like, mm, no, no. they know. They, they like to check in. And I like that because it makes sure that I stay 
weight on top of myself. So for me, I suffer also. I, I have depression and I have anxiety and it spiked for me after mm. my mother passed away um, in 2009 and literally like mm. right before I started grad school. And I was in like this relationship in, in a relationship that I, you know, that they were keeping me together. My family, my relationship was keeping me together. But literally right. months right before the pandemic, things shifted for me. And I had to transition into this whole new life on my own. Like, with mm. course, but it's like, I'm finding who I am, but I was finding myself, like you said, dealing with certain thoughts, dealing with certain emotions. And I was just like, I was always the person that had it together. I had like, mm -hmm. and why is this impacting me so much? So it literally helped me renew my faith. It, I had to go within, mm -hmm. I had to create space. So before I meet with my client, I create a safe space for myself before and after to kind of like help me process also for myself because mm. I need to be okay. And so meditation, right. it definitely helped me. Um, I like to be in nature. So hiking, connecting with others, laughter. I need some type of interaction. I like to be alone, but I need interaction. Right. Um, you know, I have friends, I have, you know, Bria and my other cousin where I can call and say, hey, can I just run this by you? Yeah. Mm. I'll ask them, are you in a mental space right now to kind of take what I'm about to give you? So I don't wow. just say, hey, like, oh, hey, yeah. can I talk to you? I, I need to see something. I'm like, hey, are you, where are you right now? Because they might be going wow. And I, even though I want them to be present for me, they may not be because they're dealing with their stuff and you can tell by the response. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this was not a good time for me to like reach out. Um, that is so, yeah. so really cool. Exactly. Yeah. Journaling is also is something that I use journaling, you know, I do prayer. So, and that's how I, we decided to start the podcast to bring that mental awareness and within the podcast, we have our own individual businesses where I'm a life coach, like I um, mental health awareness advocate coach, where it's called Switch LLC. Amazing. Helping others change their narrative. Like you said, you don't have to stay there. How can you recognize what you're going through, acknowledge the feeling that you're feeling and say, okay, this is the life I want to live. Mm. So, and what support do I need to put in place so that I'm able to move towards that path to change what I need to change. So those are mm. some ways that I've been coping. And of course, funny videos, like, you know, <laughs> I, when I found yours, I was like laughing. I need laughing, yeah. right? You know, be, so it's just definitely finding what are our strengths. And yeah. what, yeah. are your strength, what are your strengths? And then finding your community. Yes. Mm. Who you're able to like, right. lean on in those moments. It doesn't have to be so many people, mm -hmm. even if it's just for one, like even like during the pandemic, you know, like going through, you know, loss and the, having to deal with the pandemic on top of that. Um, you know, I had Fadia, she's my cousin. So I was like, um, she, she will know what's if I, if she doesn't hear from me, She'll call me. She's like, I haven't heard from you. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Going on? And, I, and I'm like, yeah, I'm having a moment. <laughs> I'm having yeah. a moment. I, I sometimes I need just some quiet space mm -hmm. to go through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then like, if I know that I'm getting lost in my own thoughts, um, I'm also an emotional eater. I have anxiety and I stress eat. And so when I get to that point, I have to be able to sit back and like, okay, what can I do that's going to help me to feel better? Better, right. I, I know that when I eat right, that changes my mood. I know that if 
you know, I just need to go out and laugh and spend time with people. That helps me yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I also teach, you know, my own clients with my business, you know, Body by Bria, focusing on the keto lifestyle. You know, what are, mm-hmm. your, what are your triggers? Because mm-hmm. for me, yes, it's, I emotionally eat, but what about for you? And yeah. what are those coping skills that you can use in those moments yeah. when you are feeling down and that can be right. in any area of your life as well. Exactly. Yeah. I think, wow, I think, y'all, I think for sharing. Yeah, yeah. I think overall what it is, is just recognizing where you are, like what has space you're in and saying like, okay, something is impacting me and, and then doing something about it. And then if you can't, like you said, if you can't do it on your own, finding a therapist can definitely help. Right. So that's why I'm happy. Like you were able to find a therapist and then through that find your comedy. And I think a lot of yeah. people in a Haitian community, something we do at my agency is we hosted a mental awareness for the Haitian community where we were teaching them. Wow. But we said to them, it's not teaching you like a new tool. Let's see what you're already doing yes. and say, okay, like, mm. for example, like the oil, you already use the masculinity. So all you got to do is massage it in your hand, like massages helps, right? Or the music you listen to, if you're dancing, that is a coping yeah. because like, wow. like comedy. And like you said, it's like a dance. Yeah. All these things that we already have is already there. We just have to be more mindful. Wow. Right? Even the food that we eat, like the Haitian food. Yeah. When you get a play of Rio, what do you do? I don't know, girl. You go to, yeah. It's a different space. So I tell them, it's so true. Instead of just, wow. What a good, wow. Yeah, I'm learning a lot from y'all. That's a very good point. Like, we do possess coping skills, but how we use it. You know, what? What? Yeah. That changed my, wow, that was great. (laughs) But if you think about it, the, if you look at the Haitian community, they call us yeah. Resident, right? But what yeah. do we really have? What makes us Haitian? What makes us who we are? The music, the food, the laughter. Like when you go to Haiti, like these are the things we need to cultivate. We need to continue mm. to nurture, but we need to be more aware. We need to become mm. aware and be more mindful of it and not just say like, when you're cooking, you're not just cooking for cooking. Because yeah. you're putting love into yeah. it because whoever yes. it, you want to make sure that they feel good inside. So the smell, the aroma, like, oh my God. It's like, yeah. that's why I make and sure that I have things that are Haitian, you know, own. So like, yeah. And Haitian food is lit, like, uh, it's a process. It's not yeah. like, it's, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of focus, actually. So it's true. Like the act of, wow, oh my God, that was beautiful. Yeah, it's like tapping, yeah. tapping in to what to yourself. You know, if you just yeah. yourself to just be still for a moment, even if it's just like for five minutes to be still and connect with yourself. That right. Breathing, you know, or taking deep breaths or just sitting in silence to be able to receive and have mm-hmm. that clarity that you need to be able to say, oh, wait, I'm already doing these types of things mm. mm-hmm. I can con- that makes me feel good so I can continue to keep doing yeah. that you know it's like having like a yeah. bank <laughs> yeah, that you yeah. these coping skills of yeah. yours that's already instilled in you yeah wow wow okay yeah no that's that's a very actually a very good point and I feel like as humans like 
we are mentally capable of a lot of things and we just forget mm-hmm. we forget our power sometimes yeah you know? so you know the yeah. other thing you know the other thing that we have and a lot of us don't sometimes don't recognize it right i you know a couple of weeks ago i was really like in the spunk and right it was i went in my balcony and i just lay on the on the ground literally and let the sun hit me what do we have mm. in nothing but sunshine right yeah and once I was there and I was like and I just had a prayer and I just felt like this rush of energy like wow. I had a shift sometimes all it is is just go outside just like if you have a perfect view of the sun rising up just stand there and let like that soak in on you like that also helped so I think it's just like people sometimes I, I wonder like are they looking for like this big change this big coping strategy they do sometimes it's just like I th- you know what a cup of water with some lemon that yeah might it might just be stepping outside and that helps that's yeah. a good point that's a good point like for me in my experience in therapy I thought I would through the sessions I thought I'm gonna get to a session where I have this huge revelation and my life is changing and all the feelings are gonna go away but like you said like it's not this it's a gradual step-by-step yeah progression you know it's like little things like taking some sun or leaning on your community or you know all of that so that's a good point I thought my therapist my therapist is like what are you waiting for in this in, in your sessions like are you waiting for all of a sudden you have this immense clarity it's like it's not gonna happen you are you have clarity and you just need to tap into that so oh, when she told me that I'm like mm-hmm. I like that mm-hmm. what are you waiting for to have yeah. clarity mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that hit me. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, what am I? Am I waiting for on le lever? If you all of a sudden, <laughs> I I'm on top of the world. I'm happy 24 seven, or I'm enlightened, quote unquote. But no, I can choose to be enlightened today. But what am I doing to get to that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, Stephen, you know, I'm so excited. I'm happy. Like we're having this conversation, and you know, thank you for being vulnerable. Right? It takes yes. vulnerability to be able thank to you share so much. and then helping the community, um, and just ra- continue to raise mental health awareness. So, with everything that we talk about today, with everything that you share and being open, um, what is an advice can you live with? You can leave our audience with to you know, help them with their santé mental to keep going, to yeah. not give up on themselves when, you know, when the darkness comes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's a, a question that I love. I, I always, I, been, been, they always ask me that. Some people always ask me that, but I think to be very vulnerable with y'all, I think I'm still learning to come to a point to give myself that advice. Right. But all I can say is, reach out like sentimental so like your mental if you you can feel alone and it, the world can feel dark really quick yeah. unless you have somebody that believes in you enough you know to be like yo let's work on your happiness so i would say i would really recommend to anybody listening to this therapy does work psychology does work community healing is a thing um and asking for help like it's okay like yes they call us resilient people but it's impossible to be resilient 24 7 that is not possible and it's okay not to not it's okay to feel weak and I never was thought that I was like you gotta be strong you gotta be strong you gotta be strong all the time but I'm like no so ask for help 
feel your emotions. Okay. To be weak, but ask, get help. Seriously. Change my life. I love that. I love this. Like why this whole conversation is interesting because I love, you know, talking to individuals, but what I love about meeting anyone who talks about mental is the feeling that I have inside as we're talking that connection and like the chill. And it's just like, wow, like this is even more powerful than we can even imagine. Yeah. And thank you for, um, yeah. thank you for being open. Like this no, is. And so thank you for your work. And I want to say thank you for the work that you do. Like yeah. I had a, after like being in therapy really just gave me a whole new, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you are, you are really saving lives. And yeah. that's something you need to keep in mind that like, it's a godsend gift. So thank you all for what you're doing. So thank you for literally saving lives and changing lives. So that's a big thing. So we really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And you know, one thing we like thank to you. do is we like to end with affirmation. So oh. I'm gonna give you, you know, I would like for you to honor us by picking a number from one to 30 and to see like okay. what is affirmation for this episode. Okay, one to 30, so I'm going to say 27. 27? Oh, you went. Big number. <laughs> I don't know, it just popped in my head. I love it, I love it, I love it. All right. And every time I do this, like, I do this with my clients all the time, and they're That's all so cool. right, right on. Yes. Okay, all right. One, two, three, four, five, six, All right, let's see what it says. Look at this. Look at y'all. Shut up. What does it say? Wait, it says, and it it aligns. It says, I am a gift. I am a gift to the world when I lead with kindness and love. I create a ripple effect that benefits more people than I've ever known. My presence, my knowledge, and my passions contribute to the greater good of the world. I am a gift. Wow. That just, that just ties like, everything. Just Yo, like... That's perfect. I'm going to have such a good day after this talk. <laughs> like, I feel like, thank you for this free therapy session. <laughs> like, like, seriously. Wow. Beautiful, like, literally, That's what it says. Like, I am a gift. And, you know, because if you think about it, your comedy, right? My that's glow. That was your gift. You through what you went through, you were able to thank you so much. Use that gift, get, you know, God given gift to help your the Haitian community, like you said, all those that were reaching out to you to say, okay, all right, let me bring myself out. Let me show them how they can continue to live and not give up on themselves. And you use what you well, you know, what you have is comedy, something that thank you. I never thought since like you said, since we were younger, um, would have inspired others and yeah. be doing something. Thank you. Thank you for your words. That means really, really does mean a lot to me. Thank you. So that was a beautiful affirmation, y'all. Exactly. Oh my God. Thank you all so much. All this right here is just a gift. Everything. I love it. Uh, beautiful conversation. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's continue to raise mental awareness. You know, we're here. You know, I love this collaboration and I'm always looking for more collaboration. So I hope like our community can use this episode and I hope it can enlighten them and I hope it empowers them the way we want them to. So yeah. Yeah, So so Stephen, let us know where our audience can find you if you have anything new coming up. Yeah. So 
honestly the best way to keep up with me it's through my instagram so at steven baboon um my first name my last name and there you can link to my marie claude character and to the creative agent studio that i have so yeah we work on different projects from we recently wrapped up the bio tour when I, where i'm at fazia and so we have different and it's exciting because we have different projects with haitian the haitian community which i always prioritize and i think we need more of so a lot going on so just brunche, you know go to my instagram and you'll see what's going on okay, but thank you all yes well thank you again so everyone if anything resonated with you during this episode please leave us a comment subscribe as well and if you'd like to be a guest you can reach out to us our email is millennialbabespodcast at gmail.com until next time have a great day everyone <laughs>